Hi, good evening. This is Dr. Roger Murphy. Thanks for joining me tonight for this special program of Treating and Beating Fibromyalgia Teleconference. I do the uh, first Tuesday of the month, Treating and Beating tele- Teleconference on Fibromyalgia, and uh, I'm delighted that you're joining me tonight. I hope that you have some loved ones with you. We will be taping uh, this this evening, and hopefully we'll be able to provide it for, for future reference. A little bit about me before we get started. I'm a board-certified chiropractor and board-certified nutritional specialist. For a number of years, I owned a large integrative medical practice on the campus of Brookwood Hospital here in Birmingham, Alabama. I have specialized in treating fibromyalgia for the last 15 years, 20 years that I've been in practice. I'm the author of five books. Three of those are on fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome, both for patients and for doctors. My Treating and Beating Fibromyalgia and Chronic Syndrome book is now in its fourth edition in the bookstores. Fifth edition is about to come out this year, uh, hopefully this spring in 2012. I've been fortunate enough uh, to have the, the privilege, really, to work with fibromyalgia patients all over the world for the last 15 years. A big part of my practice is phone consults with these individuals. And this is not an, an illness that uh, is only in in it is worldwide. And unfortunately, for patients with fibromyalgia, they still, even in 2011, they are still often accused that this illness is all in bed or that they're lazy or crazy or maybe that they're just depressed. And oftentimes, the biggest challenge for those with fibromyalgia is just to be able to explain to a loved one a spouse, a coworker, or even a family physician, what it is they feel, what it is that they're going through. Because there's so much misinformation out there about fibromyalgia, and the information continues to change about fibromyalgia, that it makes it very much a challenge for those both with the illness and doctors who want to take the time to actually help those with the illness. I travel around North America speaking at doctor's conferences on fibromyalgia, and it still shocks me to this day that we still have many doctors out there that don't believe that there is a thing called fibromyalgia. And, uh, you know, there's stupid people and there's stupid doctors. And my patients often encounter many of these doctors over the years. It takes on the average about... Um, 12 years and seven doctors, or, or I'm sorry, I have that backwards, seven years and 12 different doctors before you ever get di- the diagnosis. And oftentimes in that period of time, patients are passed from one doctor to the next, and it's no wonder that by the time I see them after years have gone by that many of them have been uh, led to believe that, that maybe they are a hypochondriac, maybe that this is all in their head. And yet, what I want you to realize tonight, and probably not so much for those who have the illness, but probably for those who want to understand what this thing called fibromyalgia is, you know, this is a real illness. Uh, this is an illness that in 1990, the American College of Rheumatology came up with a diagnostic criteria. That criteria has since changed twice since, since uh, 1990, the most recent changes coming this year, in the fall of this year. But fibromyalgia is an illness that affects roughly 6 to 10% of North Americans. It's an illness that is growing. It's an illness 
that primarily affects females, some 98% of those with fibromyalgia are female. However, there are many men that have this illness as well. It's an illness that oftentimes will run in families. So you'll see into mothers who will uh, have um, daughters that are now starting to have symptoms related to or associated with fibromyalgia. But fibromyalgia is made up of a, a certain symptoms that then come together to make a syndrome. And that's really probably the big challenge about fibromyalgia is because typically those with fibromyalgia have, will have a laundry list of symptoms or conditions or complaints associated with their illness. The common denominators are poor sleep. Everyone with fibromyalgia struggles with their sleep. The second common denominator is diffuse achy muscle pain. And while it is, uh, the, the criteria has been established for, for diagnosing fibromyalgia, you don't have to have 11 of the 18 trigger points to have fibromyalgia. I diagnose fibromyalgia very simply because I've been doing this for 15 years, and I know that if a person is struggling with their sleep for the past three months, and that, and that is continuing to, to, go, to go further, and they have diffuse achy muscle pain for three months that is not being resolved or has not been pinpointed to be an autoimmune disease like rheumatoid arthritis or Sjogren's or lupus, then they either have fibromyalgia or they're heading that way. Because those two ingredients right there, poor sleep and diffuse achy muscle pain, go hand in hand with fibromyalgia, which fibromyalgia is largely driven by a low serotonin state, a neurotransmitter, a brain chemical called serotonin. And when that serotonin becomes depleted, then you start having problems with deep restorative sleep, pain, fatigue, and, uh, irritable bowel syndrome, headaches, all these things associated with fibromyalgia. The challenge, again, is that because someone with fibromyalgia has all these symptoms, you would think that they would have positive blood work. They'd have blood work that actually has some positive markers like an elevated ANA rate or an elevated SED rate or, or an elevated uh, rheumatoid factor. But oftentimes, those markers are normal. And the other thing that makes it a challenge is, is that how could someone have all these symptoms of fatigue, headaches, irritable bowel syndrome, one day you poop all day, the next day you're constipated, reflux, um, the chronic pain, anxiety, depression, the hairs falling out, cold hands, cold feet, tingling in their hands and feet, uh, tingling in their extremities. How can they have all these symptoms and yet look normal? And that's the big challenge, again, with fibromyalgia, is that there is not a definitive recognized blood test that shows if you get this blood test and it comes back positive, you have fibromyalgia. We don't have that for fibromyalgia. At least traditional medicine doesn't have that for my fibromyalgia. Now, in my book, I discuss in one of my chapters that there's some key markers that we know if they show up in blood work, you've got fibromyalgia. The problem is, is most doctors don't do the detective work and go a step further to do this testing. But there are tests that will show that. The second thing is, what we need to realize is that just because you have normal blood tests, 
doesn't mean you don't feel bad. It doesn't mean you don't have pain. It doesn't mean you don't have anxiety and depression. I mean, there's no blood for mood disorders. There's no blood test for bipolar disorders. There's no blood test for ADD, ADHD. But yet we accept those as being an illness that is real. There's no blood work, for the most part, for diagnosing asthma. These are all subjective complaints coming from the patient, and then blood work is, in, is then generated that comes back normal. But we then realize that because of their complaining with this or these symptoms, they must have this illness. And it's the same thing with fibromyalgia. It doesn't make it any less real. It certainly makes it more frustrating because what you realize if you're a patient and what you should realize if you're a spouse or a loved one or a friend or coworker wanting to understand this illness is the typical fibromyalgia patient, as I mentioned earlier, is bounced from one doctor to the next. Each doctor with their own specialty zeroing in on their one area of expertise. And when the blood work comes back normal, all they know to do is to add another drug to the mix. So if it's a chronic pain, they go start off with a rheumatologist. The rheumatologist uh, determines they don't have rheumatoid arthritis or an autoimmune disease. But they put them on something like um, uh, Flexrel, Muscle Relaxer. They may put them on something to help with their sleep. Or worse, they put them on the new drug du jour Lyrica, which is a disaster for fibromyalgia, guaranteed to cause all sorts of biochemical damage to your system, including weight gain, increased risk of diabetes, uh, depression, anxiety, all sorts of things, lower your thyroid and your metabolism. But then, unfortunately, because traditional medicine alone is a dead end for fibromyalgia, the patient then realizes after a period of time that this doctor is not going to be able to help them. Also, if they go to a doctor who really doesn't specialize in fibromyalgia, you need to, you, you probably have already know this, is most doctors don't like to see those with fibromyalgia. It's, it's really not that they're bad people, but uh, it's because doctors don't like to feel stupid. And we have big egos. And when people come to us and we don't understand what to do to help them, we feel stupid. That's not what we have been led to believe. I mean, we base our whole careers, our livelihoods on the fact that we know how to help people, and that makes us feel good to be able to do that. But if we have a challenging case like fibromyalgia that keeps coming back, and we really don't know to do anything other than, number one, ignore it and think that the patient is a hypochondriac, which many doctors continue to do. Two, we pass that patient on to another doctor. Or three, uh, usually prior to doing that, we try them on a cookie-cutter approach of one drug after the next because that's what the new drug rep that comes to see us is telling us we should do. We have a pharmaceutical rep is now telling us that Cymbalta or Savella or Pristique or Lyrica is the drug that we should be recommending based on manipulated drug trials that show that it may be effective for fibromyalgia. And so we don't do any more investigative work or any more digging into the subject other than realizing that we have a drug for fibromyalgia like we do for type 2 diabetes, like we do for asthma, 
like we do for anxiety and depression, and we should be able to give that drug to the patient, and they should get better. The problem is it doesn't work that way with fibromyalgia. You don't really get better with drug therapy, at least not the drugs they're recommending for the most part. The reason that is is because fibromyalgia is such a unique illness. Drugs don't reverse fibromyalgia. In fact, the only way to reverse fibromyalgia is to get healthy. Now, I'm not anti-drug. I'm anti-wrong drug. I'm anti-too many drugs. I'm anti-drug only. But I'm not anti-drug. I think drugs certainly have their place. The problem is, is expecting that Lyrica is going to cure your fibromyalgia or that Lyrica is going to reverse your symptoms enough to where you can get your life back. Now, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and probably spouses and loved ones that are listening to this, they're starting to get an a, 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 uh, appreciation for the fact that, hey, maybe this guy is knows what he's talking about because I know that I've seen the last 5, 6, 7, 10 years, 15, 20 years, I've seen my wife or my husband, I've seen this illness totally take everything away from them. It's taken their job, it's taken their social life, it's taken the family life, and maybe even it's led to a divorce. So you, you can't um, get your life back. You can't, and if I want to say the word cure, I don't think you can cure fibromyalgia, but you can, you can re- regress it to the point where you can get your life back, where you can plan what you're going to do next week. Now, many patients, and this drives spouses crazy because they think, why can't he or she give me a commitment about next week going to the church social? Well, the reason that is is because fibromyalgia patients don't know from one day to the next, is this going to be a good day or is it going to be a bad day? And what determines that largely are things that we can't control. Number one is stress. If we have a day where we're under a lot of stress, then we know as a fibromyalgia patient, the next day we're not going to feel good. If we have to overdo it for some reason, if we have an, uh, 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 something like cleaning the house or we have a longer day at work or we have a stressful telephone call in the middle of the night, we know the next day we're going to pay for it. Weather changes. When the weather changes, we know that we're going to have flares. So we can't control those things. And because we can't control those things, we're very noncommittal about the future. And that's just the way it is. It doesn't mean that someone with fibromyalgia is lazy or crazy or just depressed. It doesn't mean that at all. It just means that they have bankrupted their stress coping savings account so that they don't have the stress coping chemicals to deal with stressors. That's hard for many people to understand because some people thrive on stress. And in our 21st century, we've got so many stressors. I mean, we, I mean, you got your, you know, you got cell phones and you got your iPad and you got um, texting and, and uh, tweets and you got Facebook updates. I mean, you can't get away from stress. It's all day long. Most people handle that. Fine. Actually, they most people don't, but they, they certainly don't have all the symptoms associated with fibromyalgia. Those with fibromyalgia, but they can't handle that stimulation. It's magnified in them. So strong um, odors bother them. Loud noises bother them. 
mental task, anything that's stimulating is, is, can, can um, totally send them into a tailspin because they just can't handle that. And when they go to their family doctor and they're trying to explain this to them, if their doctor has not been in the trenches with those with fibromyalgia for a number of years and read the research and, and um, you know, attended the seminars and, and, and understand what this whole thing about the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal the stress coping mechanism system is, and when it gets under too much stress, it shuts down. If they don't understand that, then it's easy for the doctor just to think that that patient is a malingerer, that it's all in their head, that, that you know, the weather changes and they have to call and cancel the appointment because they can't come see me because they can't get out of bed. I mean, but for those of us like myself been doing this and specializing this for 15 years, that's normal. That's the way it is. I understand that. It doesn't mean that you're crazy. It doesn't mean you're lazy. In fact, you know, this is what I have found <clears throat> for fibromyalgia patients is that most of them, most of them are not lazy at all. They would love to be able to do the mundane things like clean their house. Now, that, you know, when I first heard that years ago, I thought, that's crazy. But they want to be productive. Because they're not productive, it drives them mad. It makes them upset. It makes them angry. It makes them depressed because they cannot contribute to their family, to their coworkers. They can't contribute to their church. They can't contribute to society. They feel worthless because of this illness. It's not that they're trying to shirk their responsibility. It's not that they don't want to go to work every day. They would much rather be going to a job than they would be staying home on disability. Now, that's the majority of people I work with. In the world that I lecture in, many doctors think that fibromyalgia patients are looking to go on disability as an easy route out. I don't see that at all. I don't think that. I think that people get trapped in very stressful situations that is so life-draining that sometimes their only option is to get out, and that may be disability. But for many of those people, if I can catch them and rescue them in time, get them out of that job that they hate, away from that boss they can't stand, that toxic environment, they would love to be able to get well enough to be able to go to another drug, uh, another job. I've helped hundreds of people go back to work. So this whole idea that those with fibromyalgia are lazy is just not True. Now, the other thing that comes out about those of fibromyalgia, again, is this whole thing about they're a little bit crazy. And, you know, quite frankly, I deal with patients who some of them really are pretty crazy. Uh, but that's no different than the general population. I mean, there's a lot of crazy people out there. The thing about this illness is it does affect your brain chemistry. And so the longer you've had the illness, the more likely you get things like fibro fog where you don't think clearly, the more likely you are depressed, the more likely you are anxious. Now, please know, this illness is not because the person is depressed. This illness is not because the person is anxious or has a mood disorder. They have a mood disorder because this illness has taken it out of them. It has robbed everything 
about life that they had. Many doctors, their first impression encountering somebody with fibromyalgia is an antidepressant. One in ten doctor's visits by women now ends in an antidepressant. We spend more money in this country on antidepressants than two-thirds of the world's gross national product. All the countries combined, the gross national product, two-thirds, all their gross national products combined. Many of my patients are taking two or three antidepressants. If you've got a doctor that's got you on more than two antidepressants, you might want to think about the possibility that you've got a doctor who's not that bright or doesn't really understand how the brain chemistry works. They're just throwing stuff at you. You can't beat fibromyalgia with drug therapy. And the reason why, as I mentioned earlier, the only way you can beat fibromyalgia is to get healthy. If the body is broken down, and that's what happens with fibromyalgia, when the body breaks down and it starts to unravel, you have more and more symptoms show up, you can't reverse that with drugs. Now, you can cover up symptoms, and that, it can be helpful. You've got chronic pain and Ultram, Lortab, Oxycontin. Those things can be helpful short-term. Now, long-term, they're a disaster, but short-term, they can be helpful. Sleeping medications can be helpful if it's the right ones. Short-term, long-term, they're a problem. The only way to beat fibromyalgia is to get healthy. Drugs don't make you healthy. In fact, they take a little bit of your health away each and every year. You're on the medication for the most part. And there's some medications that actually, if you look at someone's juvenile diabetes, uh, insulin not only saves their life, but it's something that they have to have. You know, they have to have. So it is a life-saving thing. But that's not the case for Lyrica. Certainly not the case for Duragesic Patch. It's certainly not the case for Neurontin or Clonopin or Ativan or Xanax, which lead to more side effects and more medications. And when we look at that, um, that whole idea. <clears throat> I'm finding that more and more of my patients who come to see me um, really don't know much about the medications they're taking, and that is a, a potential disaster. You need to become very informed about the medications that you're taking. You need to be an informed consumer. What we know is, again, um, and this is one thing that may be hard for for friends and family to to witness is that the longer they're on, the patients are on, have the illness, typically the more mental clarity issues that they have, whether that's fibro fog or this anxiety and depression, um, or that is just withdrawing into their shell. You know, part of that is the depression. But the other thing, that the illness does that because of what it does with this poor sleep and, and the pain. The pain causes that as well. But the other thing that brings that on is if you look at the drugs typically used fibromyalgia, they can create all sorts of uh, uh, mental clarity issues. Neurotin and Lyrica, I mean, the number one side effect from those things, number one is depression, number two is anxiety, Number three is mental confusion, uh, fibrofog, thought disorder, just not thinking very clearly. So they certainly can affect you that way. If you look at pain pills, uh, one of the number one side effects of pain pills, whether that's an opioid or um, 
something that's uh, like like Ultram, uh, one of the number one side effects is de- depression. Number two is confusion. Mirapex, which is used for uh, restless leg syndrome, which is a made-up illness. In my, in my opinion, there's maybe 1% of the population has true restless leg syndrome. Of that 1%, 95% are low in iron or low in ferritin. And if they had the right blood work, that would be caught. They could address that and solve that pretty quickly. The other, the rest of the population um, have been told they've got restless leg syndrome when in case it's really um, that they're not going into deep restorative sleep because they're not making enough melatonin uh, from serotonin turning into melatonin and they're deficient in magnesium. I, I, I uh, diverse. Mirapax, which is used for restless leg syndrome, the typical side effect of that is mental confusion, amnesia, memory loss. That's true for many of the sleep medications like Ambien, Lunesta, which cause mental confusion, memory loss, depression, anxiety, fibro fog. And so when a fibro patient is on these medications, putting their trust in the doctor that they're working with and the doctor is dispensing these medications without then informing them what the potential side effects are, and they're not doing their homework, uh, then it's easy to assume that because the patient's maybe having slurred speech or maybe they're not very sharp, maybe they get in a conversation and they ramble, 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 or they just don't really sound like they got a clue, it's easy to jump to the conclusion that this person is not very bright or this person is, uh, you know, is uh, uh, making this illness up, whatever it is. But we need to realize that one of the best ways to help this individual, help this person with fibromyalgia, is to go out of our way. And even if we don't understand why they can't string a sentence together, why they can't remember what our conversation was two days ago, why they have withdrawn from us, why they can't plan what they're going to do next week or next day, um, is to just try to understand that even though we don't understand everything they're going through, this is real. And I know it's real because I've been in the trenches with people with fibromyalgia for 15 years, and I hear it all day long, every week. This is not something anybody would want to make up and assume. This is not any illness anybody would want to have just to get a, to get attention. It's not what, it's not one of those kind of illnesses. Trust me. So if you're listening in tonight as a with a concern for your family member or friend or coworker who has fibromyalgia, first of all, I appreciate it so much that you're doing that. Just that you know that. Fibromyalgia is a real entity. It is real. It does create some wide and crazy symptoms, and, and, and that can be very hard to get your arms around sometimes that one person with fibromyalgia has got chemical sensitivities and so they can't be around copy paper or copy machines or perfumes or deodorants. Another person with fibromyalgia is... Uh, has trouble with 
terrible migraines to where they can't make it to work, but maybe two days a week because they're in bed. Another individual with fibromyalgia has such terrible chemical, I'm sorry, has such terrible food sensitivities that they have to limit what they eat. Um, and if they don't, then they have funny reactions like their tongue breaks out in certain sores. So everyone's a little bit different with fibromyalgia, and yet they all have the common denominator of the fact that they're broken down, and because of that, they will have an assortment of all kind of different symptoms. So in tonight, in closing, um, for those of you with fibromyalgia, uh, please know that I know and you should know that this is not an illness that um, you would fake. <laughs> this is not uh, an illness that people are making up so that they can get attention. That's that's just not the case. It's just there's no there's, there's, that's not true. Uh, people don't have fibromyalgia so they can get disability. That's not true. People don't have fibromyalgia because they're lazy. That's not true. People don't have fibromyalgia because they're overweight. That's not true. If you've got a doctor that tells you, oh, yeah, you just need to lose some weight, you need to fire that doctor. If you've got a doctor that tells you, oh, you just need to get some sleep and then don't offer you any ways to really do that, and I think sleep is the key, deep restorative sleep, preferably without drugs, would actually make it worse. But if you've got a doctor that says you need to just get a sex life or you need to exercise, I mean, you need to get rid of that doctor because he or she doesn't know what they're talking about. Fibromyalgia is real. For those of you, who, again, who are tuning in, uh, wanting to support your spouse or coworker or family member, please know the best thing you can do for these individuals is not to judge them. So when they have a good day, celebrate it with them. When they're having a bad day, acknowledge it. Um, you don't have to have a pity party with them, but you can acknowledge the fact that what they're telling you, because the storm front's coming in, they feel bad. You may not understand that. Certainly the science and the research is there, and it's all in my, in my books and papers and websites. Um, but just acknowledge it. Just acknowledge what they're doing. Again, I would like to encourage the individuals who listen to this call tonight and the replay that if you've got a doctor who is not going the extra mile, who's just putting you on medication, one medication after the next, uh, fire them. Get another doctor. You have the right to do that. And I would encourage you to do that uh, if you've got a doctor who... Um, doesn't believe in fibromyalgia, fire them. If you got a doctor who um, you intuitively feel doubts that there's a thing called fibromyalgia, fire them. If you've got a doctor who continues to tell you all you need to do is lose weight or all you need to do is improve your sex life or all you need to do is exercise, fire them. Uh, it's the best thing you can do is to get away from that individual who's not going to be able to help you. Thank you for joining me tonight for this first Tuesday of the month, Fibromyalgia Teleconference. I uh, appreciate you taking the time out of your busy, busy evening. I hope this has been helpful for you and your loved ones. 
Um, if you would like to know more information about uh, tonight's topic, you can always go on the website, thetreatingandbeating.com, and learn more there. There's a series of free videos, too, that may be of interest to you if you've not watched those. These are videos I did um, several years ago for a group of physicians, and uh, you can see those free of charge at uh, drm, as in motor, drmvideos.com. Uh, the book is available in most bookstores, and uh, as I mentioned, the uh, fifth edition will be coming out this spring. Thanks for tuning in. God bless.